future focus. In this uh, Gemara, we're going to deal with an, a fascinating idea. It's always worried me. Uh, the understanding of those things that are prohibited during the nine days before Tisha B'Av. Why those particular things? What is it about those particular things? And one of the most um, mysterious ones of them is the prohibition on laundry, as we're going to see, on doing washing. Why is that such a serious thing that we can't do uh, during the nine days? And uh, in understanding them from our Gomorrah and Yevamot, believe it or not, uh, as is in the case with the Matmonim generally, not only will we gain a, a new understanding and insight into a particular halakha, into the, in this case, the laws of the nine days, but at the same time, we gather an insight that impacts uh, also the way we live our lives. Uh, let's have a look firstly at the, at the halakha. The Shulchan Aruch says in Hilchot Tisha B'Av, in Simen Taf Kufnun Alef Siv Gimel, Shavua Shechal Bo Tisha B'Av, the, the week in which Tisha B'Av falls, and Ashkenazim hold this for the whole nine days, Asurim lesaperu lechabes, you can't have a haircut or do laundry. Afilu Even if your intention is not to use the laundry now, but to keep it until after Tishabav, the act of laundering you can't do. You can't even launder. And it gets quite serious because the Shukhanoruch adds, even if you only have one shirt, you only have one garment, also, you still can't do the laundry of that garment. By the way, the laws today with the way we do laundry and uh, the way we, we work and live, uh, they're, they're in the post-game, there's a lot of discussion about how much of it applies today in exactly the same way as it applied then. Um, so let's not get into the halakhala maise. We're not getting into the actual practical laws of, of Tisha B'Av, but merely understanding the principles that the halakha teaches us in the way uh, it guides us. So understanding here that in the time of the week before Tisha B'Av, a time where our mind is supposed to be focused on the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, one of the things we're not allowed to do is to do laundry. Uh, the Magan Avrom says, uh, the Magan Avrom, as we've had already many times, the foundational perush on, uh, on Orachayim, on the first section of, of Shulchan Aruch, and uh, most of what the Mishnah Brura brings is based on the Magan Avrom. Uh, in here, the Magan Avrom explains the prohibition of laundry, because it looks, it appears as if he's taken his mind off Avelut, uh, off the morning. And that's interesting. Why laundry specifically? Yes, there are some other things too, which we're going to notice. But there are lots of things you're allowed to do during the uh, the nine days. And it doesn't appear, we're not worried that it appears as if you've taken your mind off Avelut. Why this particular activity is considered as if you're taking your mind off the Avelut? And there's a difficult comment in the Gvura Sari, which is the Shagas Arye, um, who, who mentions in Tainis Tavchavtet that the reason here is Kadeshi Yehei Manuval Mishum Evel Tishabav. It's in order that you should look ungroomed during the period of, of mourning for Tishabav. Um, and I don't understand it at all. I find this so difficult to understand the Shagas Arya's idea that the real reason is not the doing the laundry, the real thing is not wearing something clean, that we want you to look unkempt during this period of time. And the reason that I find it so terribly difficult is from our Gemara here in Yevamot. Uh, we have a case where Rabbi Yossi in the, uh, in the Mishnah has said that uh, anybody he holds, uh, contrary to the Tanakama, that any woman 
after the termination of her marriage, can get remarried immediately. We're not worried about the three months, uh, with the exception of an almana of a widow who has to wait until her, her avilut is completed, until her mourning is completed, before she can even get engaged, before she can even have a, an erusin. Omar Rav Chista, and Rav Chista says on, on, on our Gemara, Kalvachome, and he asks a Kalvachome, uh, and and this is the kalvachome. Uma b'makom she'asu lechabes mutar le'ares. We know that there are, is a period of time where you're not allowed to do laundering, but you are allowed to do a rusin. You are allowed to become betrothed to a woman. Uh, what what case are, are we talking about? That's talking about the nine days. Uh, the, surely makom she'mutar lechabes in a situation where you are permitted to do laundry, such as the shloshim, the 30 days of mourning that a widow would have to keep for her late husband, she's allowed to do laundering during those 30 days, except for the period of the shiva, as Rashi explains. But she's allowed to do laundry. Surely at that time she should be permitted to be for, to, to have a rusin, uh, unlike Rabbi Yossi, who says, no, she's got to wait until the end of her morning, asks Rav Chista, why should she have to wake, wait, for end of her, wait for the end of her morning? Um, if she's allowed to do laundry during that time, surely she's allowed to have an erosin, she's allowed to get, get betrothed. And the, the, the Kalvachome, what makes it so difficult for me is that according to the Shagas Arye, if the reason for laundry is about looking ungroomed, the reason for not having an erusin or an isuim, not getting married during that period, is about simcha, not having joy during a period of mourning. They're two completely different ideas, two completely different concepts. How could Rav Chista possibly ask a kalvachomer from the case of laundry onto the case of, of, um, of becoming betrothed, of becoming engaged? It just doesn't make sense at all. Just by the way, as we as we look at this whole issue, we, the Gemara talks about the fact that you can uh, become betrothed without a su'uda. You can't make a party. But if a man wants to betroth, wants to become engaged to a girl during uh, the nine days, he may do so. And we learned back in Moed Katan on Daf Yudchet that Shmuel says, Mutala resi shabcholoshel moed, you're allowed to um, betroth a woman in cholamoed, and the same applies for the nine days, Shema Yekadmenu Acher, in case somebody else gets in before you. And you'll remember, this is just an aside, but important for the context of our Gemara, where the Gemara says, could Shmuel possibly have said that? Didn't Rav Yehuda say in the name of Shmuel that a bat call goes out, a heavenly voice goes out every day and decrees which, who's going to be married to who, who's going to land up with who? Um, so what does it mean that we're, we allow him to get engaged because we're afraid somebody else might get in before him? How can that be if it's Bashirt? And the Gemara says, It's possible through the power of prayer to overcome the muzzle. And we had that concept in a, in a different shiur recently on the idea of, of uh, Ein Mazal Yisrael, what the idea of mazal means, that through prayer one can divert the energy of, of mazal. Uh, the, the natural flow of events that Hashem has set in motion can be uh, sabotaged through the power of prayer. And then there's an interesting story where uh, Rava heard a, a, a young man davening and asking, may so-and-so, may the such-and-such a girl become my wife. He was davening to Hashem, 
that, that he would become betrothed to this particular woman. And Rava intervened and said, you shouldn't ask for that because if she's meant for you, she'll come to you. And if she's not meant for you, you're denying Hashem. Uh, later on, he heard the same man davening and saying, may, may she die or may I die. In other words, he did get married to her and it was a terrible marriage. And Rava says, that's what I meant when I said it to you. In other words, yes, you can overpower the muzzle. And although from a muzzle perspective, from a Bashir perspective, you weren't ma- meant to marry this woman. And it lands up that you do marry this woman. But that doesn't mean that the marriage is going to be a successful one. It could be an unsuccessful one, which is why you weren't meant to marry her in the first place. So we need to be careful when we try and overrule the, the natural forces that Hashem has set in motion for, for us. So that's just by the way. It's for that reason that we're allowed to do an Eirusin. And there's also no Simche in Eirusin. The Gemara says on Megimel Amad Bet, the Gemara says, if it's just the betrothal without the accompanying party and celebration, that's not such a big deal. That's not a major. That's not a major event. Marriage. If one gets married, then even without the party, that's a that that's a, a simcha. That's a joy. But we see that we're dealing here with matters of joy, and uh, the. Um, uh, the Shagasari, when he was explaining the issue of laundry, it wasn't about the joy of, of wearing clean clothes. It, it was about Menuval, about appearing unkempt, and that that was important for the Avilut of, of the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, but, but what I want to put before you is a different idea. If we look at all of the things that are permit, that are prohibited during, uh, let's talk about the nine days, um, then if we look at the, the Gemara, what do we see of our Gemara on Daf Mem Gimel? And we go on after Rav Chistus Kavachomer. Titsanan, we learned in the Mishnah, Shabbat Shechal Tisha B'Av the, the week in which Tisha B'Av falls, Asul Saperu L'Chabes, you can't uh, have a haircut and you can't do laundry. V'tanyan, we have a brighter, Kodim Azman even before that time in the nine days itself, Ha'ama Ma'atim B'Iskehem Milisao Militein, the nation does less business, believe not to build and to plant. Where they get engaged, but they don't get married. Um, talking about getting engaged without a party. And they don't make a party for that engagement. Those are the things that are, are forbidden even in the week before Tisha B'Av, in the during the nine days it, itself. Uh, so that, that's the list of things we aren't allowed to do. What is the common denominator there? We can't do business, we can't plant, we can't build, we can't get engaged, and, and uh, we're certainly with a party, and we can't get married. What is that about? What is the essence of it, and what does it really mean? And what I would suggest to you is that the things that are forbidden here are any area where we are investing in the future where we're in in a celebratory way, in a happy way, we're providing for the future. And that undermines the essence of Avelut. When a person dies, his future dies with him. There is no future. That's why we mourn. That's the loss. That's what we mourn the loss for, that there is no future for the person who died. And there's no future for us in our relationship with the person that died. The future has been terminated. And one of the ways we demonstrate an understanding of that, a sensitivity to that, is not to overtly concern ourselves during the period of Avilut with matters of the future. And therefore, if we look at the things we can't do, it's uh, marriage is about the future. Uh, and celebrating an erusin, a betrothal, is, is investing and, and celebrating the future 
There's nothing in the present. It's just a betrothal. It's an intention to get married. That's about the future and to invite your friends around and celebrate the fact that you're going to get married in the future to a woman that you've just betrothed. That's an investment in the future and it's a public investment in the future. Building is not allowed because you're building for the future. You, when you're building, it's not for today. You're building for tomorrow. Um, when you're planting, you're planting for the future and, and business as well. As we see in, in our Tosfa, Tosfa says... Uh, interestingly enough, from from another Gemara in Tainis, it would seem uh, that it's only building which is uh, pleasurable building. You're building a palace, you're building a beautiful vacation home, um, and and maybe business as well. Someone to say, says Tosfos, that it's that kind of business that that brings pleasure. You're doing business in order to arrange for for a marriage or a wedding or an event. And Tosfus says, it doesn't seem to me so. It, it forbids any excess business. To do business because you need to earn your living, that's, that's one thing and that's permitted. But to do more than that isn't permitted because more than that is for the future. If you're going to business because you have to pay your bills immediately and you have to put food on your table, that's in order. But if you're building, you're investing and you're building a business for the future, that's what's not allowed. So we see that in the Tosfos, that that is, that that is the essence of it. And then one understands that even laundry, the essence of laundry, what are we doing when we're doing laundry? We're preparing for, for, for the future. And that's why the Shulchan Aruch says, and even if you're putting it away for after Tishabav, that doesn't matter. In fact, that's even worse. You're definitely doing it for the future. When you're, when you're doing your laundry, you're investing effort and time in something which is not, you can't use. It's wet at the moment. You can't use it for now. So why are you doing it? So that I'll have clean clothes tomorrow, or I'll have clean clothes later today, or I'll have clean clothes next week. It's all an investment in the future. And it's the investment in the future, which Chazal wants us not to do during the period of time of the of the Avilut. And it seems to be that that's in, implied in the Ritvo and Tainis Tav Chafav, uh, where the Ritvo also says the main thing is uh, with Chol is not about wearing the clothes. Uh, even preparing the clothes, make, cleaning the clothes in order to lay them out is also not permitted. And that would seem to be in accordance with uh, with our approach. And we would then understand the, the Shulchan Aruch, we understand the Halakha, we understand the Gemara, we understand Rav Chista's Chalva Chomer, uh, and we get some insight as to how um, thankful and grateful we have to be when we're permitted to celebrate the future, prepare for the future, plan for the future, um, even though we know that whether the future comes to be is in Hashem's hands, we can't be sure about it. But still, the idea of having a future focus, optimism, and being, being visionary is a uniquely human capacity. No other organism can do that uh, in the way that we can do that. And that's something for which we always have to be grateful and which we do, in fact, have to celebrate. Mm-hmm.